All right, 1 Samuel chapter 12. 1 Samuel chapter 12. We're going to be there at verse 20. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 20. Now, here's the context of it. Uh, Israel, being the way Israel is, which is exactly how we are in here, they seen that every other nation had a king that ruled over them. And they said, we don't, want, we don't want to just have judges. We don't want God ruling over us. Basically, they said, we want to have a king. We want God to give us a king. And God told Samuel, don't worry about it. They're not rejecting you, Samuel. They're rejecting me as king. And that, that's what, what we have going on here. Verse, uh, verse 16, look at verse 16. Now, therefore, stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call unto the Lord, and he shall send thunder and rain, that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is great which ye have done in the sight of the Lord, and asking you a king. Samuel said, you've done something really wicked to ask. In other words, you're saying, God, we don't want you to be our king. We want, uh, we want our own king. We want Saul to be our king. America says, we don't want God to be our president. We want Trump to be our president. Or Biden to be our president. That's, what, that's, that's attitude. Instead of, instead of America saying, you know what, we want God to run this country, we want the Holy Spirit to run in this country, we've got to where it's a Republican versus the Democrat. It's, and it's got to the point we were talking about before churches. People have gone absolutely nuts. And I'm not here to tell, I'm not talking politics this morning, I'm talking God. Yeah. And you should put God first, and this politics stuff, that should be the very last thing on your list. God first. You should have God running this country. And that's why it's wicked that they didn't want the Lord running the country. Verse 18, so Samuel called unto the Lord, and the Lord sent, sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God, that we die not. For we have added unto us all our sins this evil to ask us a king. So they go to Samuel and say, Samuel, Man, this thunder and rain, all this is going on. We know the Lord's moving. Please, Samuel, ask God to forgive us. Ask God to show us some mercy. So look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, yet ye have done all this wickedness. Yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. I want to tell you this morning, if you have a lot of sin in your life, if you're dealing with a lot of sin, if you're fighting sin, don't turn away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't go back off into the world. Hey, I know you're, I'm a sinner too. And you're going to say, you're going to come, there's sometimes you come to your life and you say, man, I'm so full of sin. I've, I've got so much wrong with me. I know you do, but for whatever you do, don't turn back into the world. Turn back into the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something, Christian. When you approach God, you're approaching God and He's sitting on a throne of grace. You're approaching God on the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You're not approaching God on a throne of condemnation. God's not going to be on a throne of condemnation to point His finger at you and condemn you. The Bible says you approach God boldly because He sits on a throne of grace. So when you have all this sin, and we all get into this, this problem of sin, don't, Samuel said, don't turn away from it and go, go away from it, but follow the Lord, serve the Lord with all your heart. Verse 21, and turn ye not aside. For then should ye go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. Nobody else is going to forgive you your sin but Jesus Christ, so don't go off anywhere else. You've got Jesus Christ. I know, I know we get off into sin. I know sometimes we, make, we, make, we not only make mistakes, we make big mistakes. Some of these mistakes sends us off into prison, sends us into the prison system. That's fine and dandy. Whatever you do, go off into prison, serve your time, serve your penance, but don't ever turn on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's the one that you got right there. Now look at verse 22. For the Lord will not forsake His people for His great name's sake. 
Because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. You understand what Samuel just said? He said, guys, God's going to do something for you just because his name is on you. Amen. You represent God. And because you represent God, he's going to do something for you. Christian, you represent Christ. You have, you have the family of God. You are part of the family of God. Therefore, since you're part of the family of God, God's going to do something for you simply because he doesn't want to embarrass the family. He'll help you out. You, you belong to him. You got that name. You got the name of Christ on you. Since you got the name of Christ on you, he's going to forgive you. He wants to help you. He wants to help get you out of that mud pit you're in. He wants to pull you out of that pit. He wants to get you back on the right track because it makes him look good. Amen. Because your name's on him. Your name's on him. Verse 23, and this is what we're going to look at this morning. Verse 23, moreover, as for me... Samuel says, Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. I want to preach this morning on the sin of not praying. The sin of not praying. It's a sin not to pray. And I want to preach this morning on the sin of not praying praying. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you humbly in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Father, you know I'm not a prayer warrior anyway, Father. I don't really even know how to pray, Father. I just, I just call out to you by name and use my name, the name of my Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord God, and I call out by faith, Lord, but uh, my sins, they can be uh, kind of mundane, Lord. They're not powerful, Father, in any way, Father, but I do trust that you hear them. And I do put my faith in them, Lord God, that you're hearing them, Lord God. Now, Father, I pray, Lord, as we go through this service, Lord God, as these words are read, Lord God, that I'll be hidden behind the cross of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ himself will be glorified and lifted up in every way, Lord God, and that we'll see the importance of prayer, the importance of talking to you, uh, bringing people's names before you, Lord God, and praying for one for another, Lord God. We'll see that importance, Lord God, and we'll see that we should be talking to you. We should be communicating with you. And I pray all this in the precious name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So Samuel says to the people, it would, uh, that God forbid that I should sin against the Lord. Why? In ceasing to pray for you. So I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're not praying and you don't have a regular time that you're praying and you're not praying on a regular basis, you're committing a sin. Now, I want to confess some things up here. I'm always confessing things. Maybe I'm being too honest, but I try to be as open as I can. When I was a Christian, my young Christian life, I did not pray. I did not pray at all. I did not pray one bit. I didn't pray over my food. I didn't pray, period, in the morning at night. And I'd hear people talk about, yeah, I said my prayers last night or I said my prayers this morning. And there'd be this convicting, conviction from the Holy Spirit in my heart like, I should be praying. Did I get me to praying? No. I didn't pray. And that was a sin. For me, and I can't speak for y'all, but for me, prayer has been the hardest thing in my Christian walk. Because for me, it takes so much faith to bow your head, close your eyes, and to talk to God, and he's not talking back. And, and come to God and look at him, talk to him as a father, and you're talking to him, and he's not talking back. That takes faith. That takes faith. That's a one-way communication sometimes. And it took me a while to understand that sometimes I'd get down and pray, and I'd be like all the other prayers. I'd start praying, and the Holy Spirit will move, and I'll feel the presence of the Lord. And I'm not saying that he spoke to me in an audible voice, but I would feel the presence of the Lord. And let me tell you something this morning. Samuel says it's a sin for him not to be praying for Israel. It's a sin for us not to be praying for other people. 
It's not enough to say you're not praying that's a sin. That is a sin. Because God wants to... Can you imagine a holy God wants you to communicate with Him? A holy God in the state that you're in. A holy God, He cherishes the communication. He cherishes the, you, for you to, to contact Him. He cherishes you to pray to Him. Just like any of y'all in here that have kids, y'all know what I'm about to say. You cherish those phone calls from your kids. Some of us are on Facebook just so we can see what our kids are doing. Because <laughs> they don't contact us. And when we get that call from our kids, it don't matter. Uh, uh, on, on our cell phones... Uh, on our cell phone, on a cell phone, on our cell phones, you can have your cell phone. It won't ring during a certain time, like from uh, ten o'clock at night to seven o'clock in the morning. If if it rings, it will be silent. You know, you can't hear it. You got the, uh, they call it "do not disturb" or whatever. And then that on that "do not disturb," you can put a list of people that you don't mind them calling you at two o'clock in the morning. You know, well, guess who's on that list? My wife's phone. It's going to be her kids. Any of her kids call her at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, she's going to answer that call. And she did recently. She just did a couple of nights ago. Her daughter called her at 3 o'clock in the morning, woke us all up. She talked to her. It's important to her daughter. It's important to her. That's how God feels about you. Amen. He's always ready to hear from you. Amen. It's a sin not to pray. But I will teach you the good and the right way. He said, now, listen to me, I'm going to teach you the good and the right way. So how should we be praying? Verse 24, only fear the Lord, serve Him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things He had done for you. Amen. Okay, considering the great things God's done for you in the name of Jesus Christ, with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, He's given you a, pla given you a place in heaven, He's given you salvation, He's given you grace and mercy to deal with what you deal with on this earth. How should you pray to Him? The beginning of verse 24 tells us, only fear the Lord. When you pray, practically speaking, when you pray, you need to understand you're praying to a holy God that created this whole universe. Amen. You should fear the Lord. Amen. When you're praying to the Father, you pray to Father with respect. I say, dear Heavenly Father. I, I, I try to show Him respect because I know if He wanted to, He could take my life like that. He could snuff me out. He could take my wife away from me. He could take my kids away from me. He could take my health away from me. He can do whatever he pleases because he's God. So when you approach God, you need to approach God humbly with a fearful, with a fearful, fearful heart. Knowing, hey, you know, he, you're not afraid he's going to hurt you, but you know what he can do. Amen. It's a fearful. Only fear the Lord. And look, serve him in truth. When you pray, you need to pray in truth. What does that mean? What is truth? That's what Pilate asked. Well, what's truth? And then he walked out of the room. What is truth? Jesus Christ says, sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word is truth. You know, I'm, almost every Sunday I'm holding up this old Bible. I think it's a little bit important. What's truth? What's in this Bible is truth. So what, what he's saying and what I'm trying to say this morning is if you're going to pray, pray with a biblical mindset. Pray with a biblical mindset. Would God want you praying about that? That's a question you need to ask yourself. Would, would God want you praying about that? Would God want you praying that the Cowboys win a football game on a Sunday? There's people that do. You think God cares? Now, let me say this. You think God... Would care if you say, Lord, I'd ask you to pray that you build a hedge protection around these players. They don't get hurt. 
as they play this game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Hey, man, I had a son that played football, played major sports and doing those kinds of things. Uh, it was really, really, really hard for me not to pray for him to win that game. I mean, you know, I'm praying, like, Lord, I just pray you protect these. And, and uh, that other team, you can let them get hurt, especially that star football player they have on that team. He can get hurt. But, and I'm like, no, 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 you can't pray that way, right? It's a biblical mindset. Love your enemies, pray for your enemies. You've got to pray with a biblical mindset, not a worldly mindset. Oh, Lord, please give me a million dollars. That's a worldly prayer. Lord, give me the money to be able to buy cars so I can, I can pick people up for church and bring them in the church. Lord, and then that's how some people pray. Lord, give me a million dollars and I'll tithe 10% of it. You'll get 100000 Lord. Think about that. You're praying to a God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. You're praying to a God that tells Peter, hey, we need a little bit of money. Go catch that fish. He's going to have a gold, gold coin in his mouth. Get that gold coin and go pay the taxes for us. That's the God you're praying to. He doesn't need your money. So, well, then why do I have to tithe? It's for your own good. It breaks covetousness in your heart. Forgiveness is not for the person you're forgiven. Forgiveness is for your own good. Tithing is for your own good to break that covetousness. That's, everything Jesus Christ taught us was for our own good. So you've got to pray with the biblical mindset. Let me, let me give you an example. Kathy's brother Paul went on a mission trip. I'm not going to name the country because he'd get in trouble. In this mission trip, they would go on this mission trip, and he's with some other brothers and sisters, and they'd go into a local mall in this country. And this mall was like multiple stories, four or five stories tall, and they go in this huge shopping mall. And it was illegal to witness to any of the citizens of that country, but this shopping mall that happened to be near the Middle East, whenever... The Iranians, they would, because of the embargo U.S. has put on the Iranians, the Iranians would fly, they fly out of, the richer Iranians, they fly out of Iran, they go to this shopping mall, and they buy the clothes, the shoes, all the stuff they want, and then they fly back to Iran because of the embargo. So what these Christians have figured out is, hey, we can't witness to this, to this country, but we can, it's, it's legal to witness to Iranians that are visiting this country. So they literally go to this country simply not to, not to proselytize, not to evangelize the, the citizens of that country, but to evangelize the visitors that are coming into that country. Wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. That's smart. So he's at this mall, and he runs into this young Iranian, and he's witnessing this young Iranian. This young Iranian says, I don't believe in God. And he says, why don't you believe in God? He said, well, I prayed to God, and I asked God, which is real? Which is the real God? Is it Jesus? Is it Allah? Or is it some other God? Show me which is the real God. And I prayed that prayer and he told Paul, Kathy's brother, he told Paul, he said, and God didn't answer me. <laughs> so Paul looks him right in the face and says, you're over here just this one day, right? He said, yeah. I'm from Texas. I'm over here on this one day, and here I am, and we, have, we, we, we bump into each other by coincidence, and I'm here telling you, Jesus is the God. Amen. Jesus is the way. God has sent me here to tell you, Jesus is the way. And that young Iranian, 
didn't say nothing, and he walked off, and Paul said he started witnessing and doing some other stuff, and here comes that young Iranian back, and a young Iranian comes up to him, and he, he gets Paul's attention, and Paul turns around, and a young Iranian said, you just blew my mind away. Why did it blow that Iranian's mind away? He never even he never stopped to think, God works the way God wants to work. Amen. <laughs> you pray, and you pray, and you say, God didn't answer me. Maybe he did, maybe you're not listening. Or maybe he gave you the answer you don't want to hear. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Pray with a biblical mindset. And then finally, he teaches us there to pray with all your heart. With all your heart. Not half-hearted. If we're going to pray, we want to pray with all our heart. That's what's so evil about some of the Catholicism is they, they, they do this rep these vain repetitions where they're just praying and praying and praying and praying the same thing, the same thing. There's no heart in it. There's just, it's just you're just da, 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 da. It's almost like a chant. There's no, you're not putting your heart into it. You're not putting your heart into it. The Bible says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's why I say, hey, you need to pray. We need to be praying for each other. But you need to be praying for your family first. Why is that important? I have people come to me and say, hey, Brother Keegan, will you pray for so-and-so and so-and-so? Yeah, but you, you, are you praying? Uh, yeah. Well, you can tell they're probably not even praying. They just think I have some kind of special connection to God. And I don't, guys. I don't have a special connection to God any more than you do. Because here's what will happen. Somebody comes to me and says, my dad, he's, in, he, he's hurt and he needs some prayer. So he says, will you pray for me? Well, yeah, I'm going to pray, right? Amen. I'm going to try to pray because that's what I need to do. But do you think my prayers are as fervent or as heartfelt as a man that that's his son? You understand what I'm saying? When it's your son, when it's your dad, when it's your loved one, you're going to pray and your heart's going to pray. It's not just going to be a name that I have written down on a list that I'm praying over in the morning. It's going to be a fervent prayer. So pray, we need to pray with our whole heart. Jesus Christ, look at Luke chapter 11. Jesus Christ teaches us how to pray and how to do it right. Luke chapter 11. I can't, I, I, I wish I could tell you, Luke chapter 11 verse 1, I wish I could tell you there's some secret to prayer. I can tell you that you can pray in any way. You don't have to pray necessarily on your knees. You can pray standing up on your knees. You can pray laying back down, pray laying on your belly. You can pray walking around outside. You can pray in your car. You can pray anywhere, everywhere. You can pray anywhere, everywhere. There's no secret formula to prayer. It's just simply by faith reaching out to God in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. Amen. Why don't people want to do it? Why don't people do it? It's a sin not to do it. And it's convicting. It's convicting when you hear other people talk about prayer and you're not right with the Lord praying. So here's chapter 11, verse 1, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased... One of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So they overhear Jesus Christ praying, and he gets done, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. That's what we want to know this morning, right? We want to know how do we pray. See, a lot of problems is that people pray, that people, they only hear, the only prayer they ever hear is somebody like a, a preacher praying, or somebody praying at some event or something. This, it, when I pray up here, it's a prayer, but it's not real prayer. Because in a sense, I'm praying to the Lord, but I know you guys are listening to me. 
So I'm self-conscious of that. I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I, 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 I've got this, this, this multitasking going on where I'm thinking, okay, uh, I've got these people out here and I'm trying to talk to the Lord. There's nothing like going into your prayer closet and getting away from everybody, make sure there's no TV, no radio on, and just praying between you and God. That's a prayer I'm talking about. There's nothing wrong with, uh, with, with uh, public prayer, but public prayer is not the kind of prayer we're talking about this morning. I mean, you can publicly pray. I mean, there's, no, there's been amazing public prayers in the Bible. And Jesus Christ obviously was publicly praying because they overheard him. And they said, Lord, we want to pray like you pray. Teach us to pray. Amen. And that's what we want to learn this morning. Okay, I know it's a sin not to pray. I know I need to be praying for others. But how do I pray? Verse 2. Luke chapter 11, verse 2. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven. Now let me stop here. Stop, stop, stop. Jesus Christ is only going to give us a template of how to pray. This is not a vain repetition. It's something you should memorize and you should repeat over and over while you're, while you're spinning beads around or anything like that. We're not praying like that. This is a template. Jesus Christ says, pray like this, verses 3 through 4, okay? The real prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ is found in John 17. We're not going to be able to get to it this morning. Go home and read it. He says, my father, and he prays to God. The whole chapter is him praying to God. That's the real prayer of the Lord. Not this what you're reading right here. You understand? Ah, amen. Amen. Guys, man, I cannot get this. I cannot stress this enough. That you need to read your Bible because you'll say... Oh, somebody told me this is the Lord's Prayer. And then you get to John 17, and you see Jesus Christ's literal words are being written down what he prayed. He doesn't even say any of these words right here. Not a one of them. <laughs> this is a template. And he's telling his people, now, when you pray, now, this is how you should pray. With this kind of template, with this kind of mindset, what is that? First off, our Father which art in heaven. He says, approach God, not as God, approach God as he's your Father. Amen. Now, this applies to a Christian. Now, if you're not a born-again Christian, God's not your father. You need to get that right first off. You've got to go to Jesus Christ and say, Lord Jesus Christ, I, I know I'm a sinner. I know without you I'd be doomed and damned. I know you died for my sins. Would you save me? Please save me, Jesus Christ. You pray that prayer first above all other prayers. From there, then you can start looking at God as your father. And you can start saying, dear Heavenly Father. So first and foremost, Jesus Christ says, approach God as your father. Our Father which art in heaven. Secondly, he said, hallowed be thy name. Remember that God is holy. Amen. And you approach him in holiness. And that means that you, what you need to do, and he's, Christ is going to tell us, is you need to make sure you're clean when you're approaching God. There's certain things, uh, well, we're not going to get into detail. I'm not going to say any of that. But there's things you need to be, when you're approaching God in prayer, you need to try to be holy. Amen. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Pray and ask Jesus Christ, come back and get us out of this. Come back and your kingdom be set up. Come back, Jesus Christ. Christians, we need to be praying for Jesus Christ to come back. Amen. Are you tired of this world? I know I am. Are you tired of the mess of this world? I know I am. Pray that Jesus Christ will come back and clean it up. Amen. Who, cares what, who cares what's going to happen in November unless it's Jesus Christ coming back? I saw a bumper sticker. It don't matter who the president is. Jesus Christ is still king. Amen. Amen. That's a good one, man. That's a good one. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Okay, this is important. 
Jesus Christ is saying, when you pray to the Father, you need to make sure that you're praying and saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. So we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. That's found in John chapter 14. He says, if you ask anything in my name, you'll receive it. So we go to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. John 14 tells us that. John chapter 14 tells us that. We go, to, we go, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm approaching you. Or you can say in the name of Jesus Christ at the end of the prayer. But it's in the name of Jesus Christ. But it's got to be according to His will. How do you know that, Brother Keaton? Because the Bible tells us that. 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Amen. Remember what Jesus Christ did? He's at, the, he's at the Garden of Gethsemane. He knows He's about to be whipped and beaten, go to the cross. And He knows the cruel death He's about to suffer. And He says, Lord, let this cup pass from me. But not my will be done, but Thy will be done. He knows he's about to go through all that suffering and pain. He says, Lord, if I could, t if this, Father, if this cup could pass from me, let it, but not my will, your will. So we need to pray in the will of the Father, trying to search out his will. And sometimes we ask for some mighty things, and Lord, I, and I prayed this, Lord, please heal them up, please. If it's your will, Lord, would you please heal them up? And if, Lord, if it's not your will, will you give them the grace to bear what they're going through right now? Will you give them the mercy? To bear. Lord, you promised peace above all. Lord, will you give them the peace that, come, that passeth all understanding? Amen. It'd be a sin if I didn't pray for others. It's a sin when we don't pray for others. Verse 3, Jesus Christ continues on this temple and says, give us, this, give us day by day our daily bread. Instead of, going to Visa, instead of praying to Visa and MasterCard, we need to pray to God the Father for our needs. So many people do that. Have a need come up in their life? Pull out the credit card. Go get into debt. Go get into debt. That's why I think there's a statistic that the average American is like $30,000 or $50,000 in debt. That's ridiculous. There's some, there's some people in America that need to start asking God before they start asking a Visa MasterCard if they have enough credit. Amen. Amen. Only a dog doesn't pray over his food. Only a dog doesn't pray over his food. You don't want to be a dog. It amazes me. We go out to eat sometimes as a church and we pray over our food. And I, As a family, I try to pray over my food. It amazes me. We're the only ones in the restaurant doing that. And there's been times when I'll look over at the restaurant and I'll see somebody else praying. And I'll make a point to go over there and say, hey, it was a blessing to see y'all pray over that food. And they look at me like, hey, get away from me, weirdo. <laughs> Trust me, they do. They're like, who are you? Get out of here, you know. It is a blessing, though. Well, I've never seen a dog stop and go. That's like that old joke where the guy's running from the bear, and the bear's out to get him, and the bear, and that guy's running from that bear, and he says, oh, God, let this be a Christian bear. Oh, God, let this be a Christian bear. And he falls, and falls down, and the bear reaches over, and then right before the bear grabs him, the bear goes, bless this food I'm about to eat. <laughs> That's a Christian bear. <laughs> Bless this food I'm about to eat. All right, verse 4. And forgive us our sins. Why? For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Ooh, 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 ooh. I wish I had a pen to be able to mark that one out. I don't like that one. So when we go to God in prayer, we need to ask for forgiveness of sins. Hey, I can say we're all sinners. I'm a sinner. I believe everybody in here would say amen that they're sinners. Then that means every time we go to the Lord in prayer, we have sins we could confess. 
Lord, forgive me for that. Lord, I shouldn't have said that yesterday. I shouldn't have thought that, Lord. Forgive me. Just forgive me for what I looked at, Lord. Forgive me this. Forgive. You know, we should ask for forgiveness, but Jesus Christ reminds us, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. We can't approach God saying, oh, Lord, please forgive me of this sin. Please forgive me of this sin. And then get off our knees and go and find somebody that's done us wrong and say, I'll never forgive you. And then get down the next night, the next morning and say, oh, God, please forgive me of my sin. I don't feel like God's forgiven me, Brother Keegan. There might be a reason why. Do you have unforgiveness in your heart? Maybe God's dealing with you about something. We need to approach God holy. He's a holy God. And we can't just approach God like an ATM, like he has no personality, like he has no feelings, like he doesn't have any kind of... God has got a personality. And when you approach God and you get to know him out of this word, it, it's a, it tr makes me tremble. We, we learned this morning that God got tired of Israel murmuring. He's wiped them out. You know how much I murmur and complain? A lot. <laughs> And I read my Bible, it says, uh, murmuring, complaining. They're our example because he killed them. He slayed them. I'm like, ooh. I've been doing a lot of complaining at work lately. I think I better zip it up. Amen. Before I go to God and say, God, God, this, God, that, and go, I don't feel like the Lord's listening to my prayer. I feel like my prayers are getting to the top of that ceiling and stopping. Why is that? Maybe I got something in my heart I need to get right. And then finally, he says in this template, and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Just basically ask God for help to avoid temptation. Lord, give me the strength not to sin. Lord, give me the strength. Give me a way. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that I might not sin. There's all kinds of ways to pray this way. But you see the template there? God's, Jesus Christ has shown us how to pray. But I want to show you another thing. In verse 5, Jesus Christ, he continues on. He's going to show you that you need to be persistent. Hey, when you pray and God doesn't answer, keep on praying. Well, he didn't answer that one. Well, keep on praying. Well, I've been praying about this for years. Well, keep on praying. I've been praying for decades. Keep on praying. Amen. Is it in something you should pray for and it's not silly? Keep on. We have people on our prayer list for salvation that we've been praying for for salvation since I've been here for 14 years. We've been praying for the salvation. Are they saved? No. Are you going to stop praying? No, I'm going to keep on praying. Amen. I know the Lord wants them to be saved. How do you know? He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. I know according to the word of God that he wants them saved. I know he died for their sins. I know he wants them up in heaven. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. So I have no problem for 14 years getting down on my knees and saying, Lord, will you save so-and-so? Will you send the Holy Spirit by and let them have a chance for salvation? Lord, give them another chance. And I'll do it again, and I'll do it again. Amen. Persistence. Look at verse 5. He said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and shall say unto him, Friend, lend three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, my children are with me in bed. I cannot arise and give thee. So you have a guy, he's got some friends come over. He don't have any food to feed him. So he goes to his neighbor's house, his other friend. He says, hey, man, I've got some friends come over, and, and we need some food. Hey, will you give me some bread? Will you give me something to feed, feed them? He goes, man, my, my kids are asleep, and my whole house is in bed. I don't want to mess with you. And you don't, right? That's true. I mean, that's true. It don't matter how good a friend, you're going to be mad about it. Friends and fish stink after three days. 
Always remember that. Friends and fish stink after three days. All right, verse 8. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, he's not going to do it because he's his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. That importunity, that simply means persistence. Because he's like, hey man, give, give me something. Okay, you, you, we're, we're talking about friends here, right? We're not talking about some stranger. He's not going to strangers' doors and saying, can I have some food? And the stranger's like, hey, beat it, and slams the door. No, it's this. Hey, Jack, man, oh, so-and-so's come over. I need some food. Man, get out of here, man. I don't want, my kids are asleep. No, Jack, you don't understand, man. I, I need to feed them. No, Jack, I don't. No, Jack, no, you don't understand, man. Please, come on. You're going to talk to a friend like that, and a friend's going to say, man, whatever, just get out of here. And go get you some bread. Jesus Christ is saying, that's how you need to pray. Sometimes the Father's going to answer your prayer just because he's going to get tired of hearing from you. Did I not just say God has a personality? Yeah, he does. And he's trying to describe God's personality. God sometimes will answer your prayer just because you keep praying for it. You know, all, almost everybody in this room has had kids. Have you ever had kids that you, the first time you told them no, and that was the end of it? No, no, what happens? Oh, come on, Mama. Come on, Daddy. Come on, please, 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 please. No. Go away. 30 minutes later, oh, I want to go do No, come on, Mom, please, please, please. And after a while, you're like, okay, just leave me alone. You can go do it. We'll go do it. That's our Father. Amen. Father, please. Father, please. Father, please, until you get that hard, hard no, keep on praying. You never know. Verse 9, I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened for you, unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Maybe you're not praying hard enough. Maybe you're not praying long enough. Maybe you're giving up when you shouldn't have been giving up. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Brothers and sisters, keep on praying. We've had so many people sick in this church. I had a sister just pass away with cancer. I prayed to the last day. I don't know what God's going to do. Maybe God will heal her up. God's, didn't, God's did greater things than that. God can heal up the dead. He can raise the dead. He can do whatever he wants to do. I'm going to keep on praying. And then when after she passes away, I'll say, Lord, your will be done. I'm not mad at God, but who knows that you might not be able to change God's mind. Amen. And if you know your Bible, you know God by other men like Moses and Daniel. They've changed God's mind. That's what repent means. People, people hear the word repent and they automatically think that's something evil, like you're repenting from doing something evil. No, repent just simply means you're changing mind. A change of mind has changed the direction. God thought he was going to do this, and then the Bible says God repented of doing that. God said, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm not going to do that. God's got a personality. He's a holy, and you can reach out, and you can touch your father, and you can beg him, and you can get, and sometimes he'll say, you know what? I'll just, I'm going to do it. Why? Because he's God. He can do what he wants to do. See, we're not talking, I'm, this is why I'm saying I can't give you this systematic way of praying. You say so many Hail Marys and you'll get to go to heaven. You say so many Hail Marys and God, you say so many, it, it's not systematic. You can't say the rosary 10 times. You can't say the rosary 50 times and God's, it's not, God's a personality. Amen. He don't want to hear you jabberwalking all the time, the same thing. 
But you can say, Lord, I, I would, would you please answer this? And throw it in. You might have some simple prayer. Throw it in every time you pray. Be persistent. Look at verse 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Jesus Christ said, okay, you're our parents. If your kid asks you for something to eat, you don't give him a stone when he asks for an egg, right? Look at verse 12. Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Look at verse 13. If ye then being evil. Everyone in here is evil. Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them to ask him? Sometimes I think we just don't ask. Amen. You know, I think it's going to be an amazing thing when we get up into heaven and we're talking to the, to the Father, we're talking to Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ said, I would have done so much for you, but you just didn't ask me to. I could have done some amazing things through you. I wanted to use you, but you just wouldn't ask. You know, this church has been in some, some tight spots since I've been here. We had a well, we had to come up with, the, you know, over $10,000 for the well. It was a tight spot. It had like $400 in the bank and all that. So it's like, God, you're going to have to move. God, we need you. And God showed up. Amen. And God, I mean, and, and by the time we paid for that $10,000 well, $9,000 well, we had $9,000 still left in the bank. How did that happen? I have no idea. All I can tell you is one word, God. Amen. We prayed. And God's good. And he said, oh, I'll take care of you. Painting the church, same thing with painting the church. God just, he takes care of us. He always is just, he will take care of you. But you have to ask. In Luke chapter 18, don't turn there, but in closing, in Luke chapter 18, the woman, uh, Jesus Christ is given the parable of the woman, and she keeps going to this wicked judge, and the judge don't want to do nothing for her, and he's a wicked judge, but she wants vengeance. She keeps coming to him and coming to him, and, the, and Jesus Christ says, not because this judge is a good judge, but simply because the judge don't want to deal with her anymore. He says, okay, I'll give you what you want, now go away. And that's a wicked judge. How much more the father, when he says, you know what, I love you, and I want to give it to you, okay, I'll go, I'll go ahead and give it to you. Ask. All God can do is say no. Right? Amen. If you ask in a biblical sense, all the Lord can say is no. You have something, you some healing you want done, maybe there's some financial problems, just ask. Amen. Just ask. But the most important thing, though, in closing, have you prayed the most important prayer you can pray, which is asking Jesus Christ for salvation, asking Him to save you? So all this other prayer, any, of, any of lost man, lost woman, they're praying prayers. Uh, they're praying all these prayers, and, I, and they're not going anywhere. When this Iranian uh, young man, he said, uh, God, who's the real God? God says, okay, I'll show you. I'll answer that prayer. It might not be today. It might not be this week, but I'll answer that prayer. And then one day, somebody comes by, and they have that meeting. And he says, you blew my mind. No, that's God's business. God's, God's ways blow my mind. They, they, they're, they're amazing. Nobody knew I was going to preach this, uh, this uh, sermon on prayer. I get up this morning, early this morning, about 5.45 this morning, I get a text message. I'm praying for you. Hope you have a good day. And this guy in heaven, like, what? I'm coming to church. Somebody calls me. Will you pray for my dad? And I'm, I tell my wife, I say, see? 
God's, God's just working in my life, showing me I, I'm about to preach the right thing about prayer. God works in mysterious and amazing ways. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, man, are you missing out on a beautiful communication with Almighty God? There's nothing more beautiful and wonderful to get out in God's creation and to pray to Him and to talk to Him and to feel that sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit in you. Man, nobody can give you that. No, there's no drug. There's, there's nothing the world can give you that, would, that equates to that feeling of peace and joy that we have in the Holy Spirit. And it really, really starts with prayer. If you don't have a systematic way of praying, if you're not praying in the morning and at night, if you don't have a way of praying, if you're not going daily to God in prayer, you need to. Amen. You really, really need to. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray, Father, that uh, if there's somebody beneath the sound of my voice, Father, that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, Father, they can't think of a time that they called out in prayer to ask, ask you to save him, Father. I, uh, save them, Lord. I pray, Father, that they'd make that decision as we give this invitation, Lord God, they come on down and get saved, Lord God, or wherever they're at. If they're listening to us, Lord, somewhere, that they can just bow their head right where they're at, Lord God, and ask you to save them, Lord God, in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And Father, I know you will, and I know that to be the truth because that's what your word says, and your word is true, Lord. I've never seen it, never seen it tell me anything wrong, Father, and I pray, Father, that you would move among these people, Lord God. Give us a time to pray, Lord God, if we need to get up earlier in the morning, Lord God, or go to bed earlier to pray, Father, whatever it is, Lord, that you'd give us that time, give us the strength, give us some wisdom, Lord, to how to come to communicate with you better and for longer, Lord. But Lord, God forbid we'd forget to pray for one another, Lord. Father, God forbid, Lord, we'd forget to pray for one another, Lord. I pray that these people, Lord God, would pray for me, Lord God, would pray for my family, Lord. And, Lord, I'm going to pray for them and pray for their family, Lord God. And I thank you for them, Lord God. I thank you for the ones and bless them, Lord God, that have prayed for this ministry, Lord, that have prayed for this church, Lord. I, I thank you for them, Lord God. And I pray you, you'd bless them for doing that, Lord God. And, Father, I thank you for allowing us to talk to you, Lord. I don't understand why you want to hear from me, but you do. And it's very humbling, Lord God. And I thank you for it. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the Internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now that's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world, but Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already 
because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.